0: not for girls a podcast by two women fighting gender stereotypes talking about life paranormal experiences and everything in between hello i'm leah and i'm nikki and this week we are talking about paranormal experiences, another one that's slightly spooky themed but not overtly spooky like a Case Files episode. Yes, we're in Spooktober and it seems fitting <laughs> as well with our last episode where we talk about
1: fears and phobias to now talk about paranormal experiences, things that scare us. And it's not a Case Files because we're not looking into partic- like any particular spooky case file or paranormal case file, we're just talking about our own experiences and what we think and, uh, and delving into that a little bit more.
0: We are, but before that, we have got a little bit of a celebration and Q&A, a (laughs) A celebratory Q&A to celebrate getting to over 10 episodes and over 1,000 downloads. Yes. Yay! It's very exciting.
1: (laughs) Uh, And we just want to thank everyone that's listened to us so far and still continues to listen to us. And it's amazing that we're only on episode 11. It feels like we've been doing this for a lot longer.
0: It's because we chat loads, but only once every two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so we, on our Instagram uh, page, which is at Pod, if you don't uh, yet follow us on there, we threw out a Q&A, um, so you could all submit your questions for us. And before we kick things off properly today, we're going to answer your questions. So should we just dive straight in? Yeah, let's do it. All righty. so first question is, what are some random facts about you both? This is an interesting one. What, what are some random facts about you, Leah? Uh, I, I, I've put random fact and then written nothing. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, I once, um, did a burlesque show for a friend, for charity. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Quite a random fact. Um, I've done a skydive before in my life. That's a thing. Um, and I've had a mole removed. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely. There you go. Enjoy that, Earth.
1: (laughs) So... Yours are actually a lot more exciting than mine. I only wrote two, and my first fact, I suppose it's not really about me, but um, I'm related to radio presenter Chris Evans, which I'm not proud of, but I think he's like my third cousin or something. Never met him. Uh, I don't think he even knows I exist, but we're related, so that's that amazing
0: i swear everybody in the uk has a random relative like that yeah yeah
1: i must admit no you know Vince chris evans like i know technically we're both on the radio i'm not on the radio <laughs> this is not a public forum but you know what i mean uh, but i'm not that proud of it because i think he's been a bit of a dick in the uh, a lot of people don't like him anyway but that's my only claim to fame it seems and my only other fact that i had was that i used to own a lot of different pets and i rescued a couple of them i've owned a ferret who oh. i looked after once and then got rehomed i've owned chameleons i had two chameleons and that's cute i had a basilisk lizard i've got an axolotl and i've had lots of cats and, and been near a lot of dogs that's really the only fact to think of but now you mention a few other random facts i'm trying to think in my brain of anything else that's interesting and uh i've broken one bone in my life and that was on a, a lord of the rings themed party and i was in <laughs> a bouncy castle that was meant to be the twin tower, two towers, twin towers, two towers, whatever it is, uh, and I break my arm on a bouncy castle.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's a great way to break your arm I on bounced, a Lord of the Rings themed bouncy castle I bounce too hard, what can I say? Yeah, you can, too into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've also broken a bone. I've only broken my wrist in my life. That's the one thing I've broken. I've sprained loads of other stuff because I think another random fact is that I'm a complete and total klutz. I can trip over thin air quite easily. It does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> um but what was your? I was wrist. What did you break? It was my wrist as well. <gasps> so left, I, left I kind right. of it was my right.
1: Oh, left. Damn So it. I, I like bounced and then as my wrists, like yeah, it just fractured and it and it broke. So. Well, we've
0: both broken a wrist. There we yeah, go.
1: <laughs> got that in common. Um, I guess that kind of concludes random facts. I can't think of any off my head.
0: Yeah, same. It's also things that you think other people will think is interesting about you, which I'm like, I don't know, because I am me. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Next question: What makes you happy, sad, angry? So, each one. Yeah, I guess I would say for me, happy is
1: something that I can't do anymore, which is going to comic cons and conventions. That makes mm. me happy. Sad, uh, the state of the world, and <laughs> yep. it's wildlife
0: mm.
1: and angry animal abuse.
0: Yeah, very good answers. I agree with all those. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I I've, I've put happy. Um. I love I love some shit posting uh shitposting brings me smiles um memes gifs oh yeah uh shitposts they bring a smile to my face gaming with friends being creative those things always make me happy um sad i think feeling hopeless uh and i think that the state of the world does have that effect on people right now and angry i just put injustice in any form (laughs) and then i put and people who have a bad attitude (laughs) love it. because maybe that's the root of injustice or maybe they're just dicks i don't know but i don't like those you kinds don't of like their attitude yeah i love bad attitude get a better one <laughs> the next question if you had three wishes what would you wish for you go first uh wish number one all the capitalists money so that i could redistribute it as needed <laughs> number two reformation of governments to eradicate corruption and three save the planet from climate change <laughs> nice so
1: funnily enough actually my wish is well my first wish is similar to that uh which is that we could reverse the damage we've done to the environment and stop climate change and bring back all of the lost habitats etc
0: should we become should we get into politics <laughs> i think so i think we. <laughs> this should is be... a good manifesto right here
1: <laughs> nikki and leah from prime minister
0: yeah as queen, two queens two of people. the world <laughs> <laughs> i
1: don't think you can have two prime ministers at once but we're gonna change that we're gonna do it conjoined like <laughs> siamese twins my second wish has real no kind of underbacking or actual rationale to it but i want it so that me and my family and friends would never have to worry about money and
0: that was gonna be on my list yes. but then i was like well redistribution of wealth also does that yeah so true. everybody would be able to survive and yeah. my third
1: my third which is a bit dark, to be honest. Oh, I'm not going to go into it much more than this, but I just, uh, I think I wish that I could travel in time and stop certain bad things from happening in my life from the last four years because it's not been a good time. A lot of bad shits happened, and I wish I could just go back in time and fix all those things. I'm not going to go into it any more than that because it's a bit dark. But
0: yeah, but then I thought mine were quite dark. Like I very much feel like a kind of wannabe Che Guevara right now. Like the fact that I've <laughs> kind of like, yeah, basically just like socialist revolution, you know. <laughs> Without getting too political. True. I just want everyone I to be okay. That's yours my value. Are a I bit wanna... less selfish than mine.
1: My two, my two are a bit selfish. My first one was good. My second are a bit like me, me, me. But it's fine. Because- but this
0: was like a time travel question where we were like, let's pretend that like you can't affect any of the big things that people would want to do. They would want to do some like service to humanity and think about what would make you happy. If I d- said that, my wishes would be so different. I would yeah. wish that Moogles were real. <laughs> I would wish that like yeah, that everybody that I like care about closely would be looked after, or and you know, I would have. Maybe an endless supply of um, Cadbury's chocolate Easter eggs because one, it's the best. the best chocolate Cadburys, but two, Easter eggs are the best shape of chocolate. Mm.
1: I think I'd like to to make them dairy free but taste exactly the same. I think that would be yeah. my wish because I can't really eat I'd wish that milk anymore, <laughs> um, and that's something that I really. Enjoy. I mean, I do it anyway most of the time. I just suffer the consequences, but yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, what is your favourite snack? Um, my favourite snack, <laughs> I don't know if anyone, I mean, a lot of people from, who aren't from the UK won't know what the hell I'm talking about. My favourite snack ever is Monster Munch. <laughs> I mean, that's a great shout. Uh, pickled onion flavour? Yes, I just fucking love Monster Munch. I just, anywhere I've ever gone travelled in my life, I've always like taken a pack of Monster Munch with me. That's, that's a very so good weird. shout. For Americans, Monster Munch are effectively a pickled onion flavoured crisp. shaped Potato in, like, chip. Potato chip. Formed in like a monster claw and they just taste so damn good
0: <laughs> yeah it would be like funyuns or something i think yeah. that's I'm, the impression yeah. i get would be like i'm a crisp to that. fiend i fucking love crisps or potato chips sorry they're just the best i will never stop eating them <laughs> um and for my favorite snack uh i again i don't know what the translation for this would be into other countries specifically but cheese crackers so specifically like cheddars Um, I will have my own brand uh, which are just cheese crackers Um, but I I can munch through a whole pack without stopping (laughs) they are amazing (laughs) Um, and next question what is your favorite dish so more of like a meal rather than a snack Mm. I think mine I've got two
1: So I am a fiend for gravy. Again, I think- That's not a dish. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm splitting it into two. Oh, okay. So anything with gravy. So like a roast dinner, Mm -hmm. uh, toad in the hole, I fucking love. Bangers and mash. Bangers and mash. I just love gravy. I know it's not a dish, but I'm just saying any dish that has gravy in it. Mm -hmm. I think other countries have gravy, but maybe it's a little bit different. But, um, and also my other dish, I'm sure I'm putting two in is Indonesian mie goreng because when I lived in Indonesia mm. it was just I, lo- I love it and I try and recreate it at home it never goes that well but just <laughs> I fucking love noodles what can I say
0: yeah oh that's a very good choice what about you I I love bruschetta um but then I've put but also pizza which is actually kind of the same thing Mm. it's bread with toppings (laughs) okay well I feel
1: I feel I felt bad then when you said bruschetta because I thought oh my god I'm so uncultured I'm just like gravy and noodles but you're coming in with a bruschetta but now you said pizza I'm like cool okay
0: yeah and also pizza and bruschetta the only thing that's different is the the melted cheese you know but that yeah that's that's the only thing uh and then lastly what is your favorite beverage and you are allowed alcoholic category and non-alcoholic yes. alcoholic category. Okay. So my alcoholic category is red wine.
1: I always love red wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second non-alcoholic category is a really weird one. I was trying to think. I'm not actually like someone that goes, oh yeah, I love Pepsi, I love Coke, or I love Fanta, or Tango. Mm. I just really like a combination I only ever have at Christmas, which is blackcurrant squash and lemonade mixed together. I don't know why, Ooh. I just love it. It's just... It's
0: just that would be a bit like uh, a a
1: sort of yeah. Mm uh put some port in there as well probably quite nice so yeah i mean sorry i'm going on to the alcoholic again i'm not an alcoholic i promise (laughs) yeah
0: no we're not but then there's also another really delicious drink that um we like make at parties which is called cheeky vimto which is where you mix uh port you have like port as is the squash kind of equivalent and then you top it up with wkd blue Mm -hmm. and it's like alcoholic vimto because it's completely like a very strong mix like you haven't got (laughs) anything non-alcoholic in there but it's so good um i don't think that that would be my favorite alcoholic beverage though I've started recently to really enjoy light beers um however I would like to know that I will drink anything (laughs) like there is nothing that I won't try cocktails wines spirits prosecco or champagne or um shots I'll I'll try it I mean and also (laughs) this is a little bit of an insight into like british binge drinking culture but if you ever done that thing where you have like one shot too many do a tactical chunder and then get right back on their <laughs> horse and you're like well i'll just have another double yeah tactical chunder yeah probably in our culture i know we're you're awful awful binge drinkers here but um but non-alcoholic drinks um so yeah i, I couldn't really pick a favorite because actually my routine of what i drink non-alcoholic is really set and boring so i should have coffee in the mornings tea in the afternoons and squash throughout the day i would drink water but i am apparently eight and <laughs> sweet fruity flavors just taste way better i just can't drink water like i have this thing with it like i will if i'm like you
1: know if you've had a really like tough night of drinking and you haven't drank very much and then you wake up in the, of the night and you feel like a dehydrated sponge, mm-hmm. and you're like, I need water. And without only drinking water, then that's the only time I enjoy water when I'm basically dying of dehydration. <laughs> Any other time, I need squash and I won't drink water. And I hate myself for it because one, calories, and two, it's not great for you, sugar, et cetera.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but it's just way nicer. And if I have to be hydrated and, you know, not, yeah, die of dehydration, I would rather it was like all fruity and delicious, <laughs> like a little <laughs> summer's exactly. day in a glass. <laughs> Because they have that even in winter. My go-to f- flavor is summer, f- summer fruits. I love the berries. <laughs> love a berry. I love a good berry. <laughs> cool. Well, I hope that you all found that enlightening. <laughs> um, going on to our topic for today, we're t- we're talking about paranormal experiences. Mm-hmm. So to kick things off, maybe we could just talk a little bit about what is your ex- your experience of the paranormal what are some things if anything that has occurred for you
1: yeah so i this is why this is why I begin my splurge because I think I mentioned in the last episode that i I have quite a big fear of ghosts and I've experienced some paranormal things in my life. I think I' spoke about one of them in the in the old Yorkshire house that I had, but I have way more unfortunately, and I do put it down to. Me, from being a very young age, I, I was either really sensitive to the paranormal or I was a big anxious wuss who got scared of my own shadow. I effectively often compare myself to Chucky from the Rugrats as a child. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Chucky from, like, Chucky. <laughs> I was like, yes. what? I compare myself to Chucky on a daily basis. A murderous doll. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I just, I was so scared of everything. Like, I think I was, I was known for it. Like, I really struggled i would have terrible nightmares i'd have night terrors a lot and i was just so aware of stuff as a kid as i said maybe i was sensitive maybe Mm. i was
0: just a wuss i really don't know but that's so funny because that's what i said about myself in our previous episode i was like does everything sum it up like we have definitely got that in common i think (laughs) But
1: I I, and I throughout my life I've, I've had a couple of experiences and I'll go into my it's my first one now but this is probably where I really began to experience some spooky stuff and it was at my grandparents house which was a very old house I might add it was Georgian and it was, so it was I don't know exactly when it was built but it was the Georgian area is between 1714 and 1830 so either way that that house was old as fuck yeah and it looked old and it had a very like 70 60 design it didn't look like it was updated even when i was about six like it still had that kind of vibe and that's why that always freaks me out in horror movies and tv shows in that era the 60s and 70s i think because Mm. of this and uh and i knew i found out more recently that it did actually it was used in the war in world war one or two i don't really know to be honest Mm. where pilots would stay before they flew off to war and so you know it would have had this kind of like a sad vibe in it anyway it had a lot of people in it at a certain amount of time and a lot of these people were probably have been quite scared of going off to war going off to fly and so i think it seemed to just keep this kind of retention of just like sadness And i know it was abandoned for a long time before my grandparents moved in mm. anyway so this was what i found out later but as a kid i always found it spooky and i don't know there, even when i think about it now i still get like a bit of a bad feeling about it and one of my first experiences that i had Was to do with this bear. So this bear, there was nothing particularly creepy about this bear. If you looked at it, it wasn't the Annabelle doll. Even the Raggedy, my bear in mind. My nan did have one of the Raggedy Ann dolls, which Annabelle was based on. Mm. But that wasn't the spooky one. It was this brown bear, and I used to always have this eerie feeling from it. And I remember one day I woke up in the morning, and bear in mind when I say that this happened, when you're a kid, I find it's hard to differentiate between a nightmare and the reality but this is the memory that I have so I got up and I walked to my grandparents bedroom and there was no one in there and I remember looking out the window like the bay window and this bear was outside the window don't know why it was outside just levitating and I remember I screamed and I ran into, like, my bedroom at the time, which was obviously temporary, just staying there. And it haunted me forever. And I had this thing against this doll. And as I grew up, I still just could not be in the room with this doll. I mm. fucking hated it. Mm. As I said, I don't know whether that was a nightmare. It's so hard to know when you're a kid what yeah. actually happened and what maybe you imagined. And, you know, everyone, everyone always told me that, you know, you're just imagining it. it'd be silly. Like, you probably just had a nightmare. Well,
0: how old would you have been here, exactly? Probably about seven. Yeah. Six. I mean, by that point, you do you do know, like... More about when you're asleep or not. Like, I would have thought to be to kind of brush it off as a nightmare, like that would have maybe yeah. applied to it if it was a much younger child. Yeah.
1: I don't know why this bear was outside. I still think about it today, and I'm just like, it must have been a nightmare because how did it get outside? What was it doing? Was it just trolling me? Like, anyway. So, this that was sort of a nightmare that I never really thought much on. And it was only later in life that I really thought about my experience in this house. And I remember that I'd also have these visions of where I'd walk around the top. Stairwell of the house. It was often quite claustrophobic, and I'd often remember there being like walking out into the middle of night about pretty like three am, and often going to the toilet. Often feeling like there was a lot of people around the corridor, like walking, just a bustling movement. And it wasn't didn't really scare me at the time. I just remember thinking about it. Mm. And then I spoke to my dad about this, and without me even saying it, never telling him this before, he told me because he grew up in that house too. He told me that he used to have nightmares about people being out in the corridor. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah. And we're I, I, just thinking, I was like, well, I had that same thing. this the same thought and feeling. But I was like, it didn't feel bad to me. But he was like, it felt really bad to him. Like a very mm. negative energy. And and then we started talking about it more. And, and he told me that he felt weird in that house. And also my grandmother mm. felt that there was something a bit strange about that house. And she said that there was a, a ghost cat <laughs> in the house. She said that sometimes she'd be washing up and she'd feel something Walk between our legs like a cat would kind of swiddle in between your legs, and then mm. she looked down. There was never anything there, and so this wow. house kind of felt like it had this kind of dark energy. And the only other time that I remember as a kid was walking down the stairs at night to get a glass of water. I think I was probably about about the same sort of age, six or seven, and walking into the the threshold of the lounge downstairs and feeling this dark, ominous kind of energy, and just running back home and going to bed. That I remember was real. But anyway, it was just really interesting to get the kind of feedback from my dad. Um, about this kind of about the house, how everyone else had bad feelings about it, I wasn't the only one. And so, mm. I drove past this house recently. I wanted to go look at it. It's down a really small road, mm. and I just wanted a glance. It's all been redone and, and done up, and it looks really modern now. But I don't know, man. There was something about that house
0: that's really strange. What what gets me is that your dad had the pretty pretty much exact same experience, and your yeah. grandmother did. Like to say one person just like dreamt it is one thing, but for multiple people to have this experience completely separate of each other and then only kind of figure it out when one person says something Mm. and like they have both go, yeah, I genuinely have felt this as well. And it was only, yeah, it was only then as well when I
1: spoke to my dad about this that he told me about the fact that there used to be pilots living there, like a lot of Mm. them. And that kind of makes you feel about the the amount of people in the corridor and stuff like i had no idea about that until
0: right because if you had known the history of the house and you would have been like oh i i can imagine them all here mm. walking through bustling around and feeling really anxious yeah. about like going off and being in a war tomorrow but it wasn't that it was that that um information was revealed way yeah. later my dad didn't have it either when he was a kid the weirdest thing right. about this
1: house was apparently my grandmother and my granddad when they bought it Along with all the deeds to the house, mm. they received a letter that had red wax on it, like a sealed letter with a oh list of people that had died there.
0: Oh my God, why would that be necessary? Which you don't
1: tend to get. Even back then, you wouldn't have got a list of people that died it's like, there. Right,
0: land registry, um, capsule gains, like, you know, um, solicitors, like uh, surveyors' checks, list of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> and so, whatever, whatever was in that house, how haunted it is, I feel like there's a lot
1: of energy. From death and mm-hmm. from all that war stuff and, and then fear so and anxiety and bad stuff. juju all around yeah.
0: yeah, wow, oh my goodness, that's really
1: interesting, so I mean I've got another little story that I'll get into after, but I didn't know if we wanted to go into to a bit of yours next so I don't have to splurge so much
0: sure um i'll I'll you know I'll interject for a <laughs> a brief interlude, <laughs> so in terms of my paranormal experiences. All, all I can really explain about like my experiences is that these have occurred when I've had grievances in my life. So after my great aunt passed away, I kept seeing her face mm. everywhere. Like, it, you know, I, I know that facial recognition is like a massive part of our cognition as humans right that's why like when you see a car coming towards you it looks like the car has a face and the lights of the eyes and stuff like that that's part of we're hardwired to do that so that we can recognize friend or foe predator or prey um but this was like very like stark representations of her face that i would see anywhere on like random surfaces or like in other people that i thought like would be her and again perhaps that could be explained away as like a way of grief manifesting itself, but I was probably about a similar age to you, actually, about seven or eight when she passed away. Maybe a little older, but not much. And so, I, I don't, I don't feel that I would have really had almost that full understanding or like connection to her. She didn't live nearby. She wasn't like a particularly close relative, but it was just that I knew her and remembered her, and I just would see her face um, really frequently. Um, the other sort of like main grievance that I've had in my life who I was much much closer to was uh, my grandma and rather than seeing her face this was more of like I knew she was sick she's in the hospital for a while Uh, but I had I woke up one morning and I just had a feeling of feeling really close to her and like she was like her presence was with me. And I just felt really overcome by this feeling that like she's always going to be with me because oh, she's nice. p- she's part of me. Yeah. She's part of my mum, She's part of me. I, you know, I'm going to carry her with me. And literally later that day, I got the call from my mum to say she's she's passed on. Oh, no. And again, these things could so easily be argued away as like superstition or reasoned away as like just intuition. But. I just I don't know it makes me really question what else that could be and I know that we look for answers and look for explanations for these things so I I have some um sort of theories I guess of what I think that these these experiences could be manifesting but I'll I'll go into that later because (laughs) that will probably be like a way deeper chat but
1: (laughs) what when you mention about the sort of feeling her presence before she passed away mm-hmm. it's actually something that happens really well it happens apparently quite a lot so it actually happened to my grandmother when her mother passed away like she said that the night that she passed away so she would have found out in the morning she like almost had like a vivid sort of like vision or memory I don't know if it was a dream or what it was of her sitting under the bed mm-hmm. and then the next morning she got the call to say that she passed away and so there's this real kind of narrative with paranormal experiences where that happens before somebody passes away that you suddenly they almost like come to see you mm. and I I think there's no harm in it and I think it's a lovely sort of thing to think about that could possibly be happening um maybe if someone's passing they've like their energy is like somehow you know made it to you I think it's a nice cute little kind of mm. story no matter what whether it's true or not yeah. um but it is really interesting to think about and it's interesting that you put up the faces thing did you say so did you
0: think that you were seeing face and other people's faces? Uh, it, it would sometimes be like I, one or two occasions it was passers-by, people on the street and things, but mm. otherwise it would be like, I don't quite know how to describe it accurately, <laughs> but mm. it would I would just keep seeing her face. I do think that we take in way more than we are aware of and that that's probably part of it, but I'm also aware that you had another paranormal experience, which I'm very excited to hear.
1: <laughs> so my other paranormal experience is... When I was about, I think about eleven or twelve, and I did a Ouija board, which oh. is never a good thing to do. <laughs> Everyone is judging
0: you now. <laughs> yeah, but
1: I was like eleven and twelve. I don't, I don't know why I did it. I, to be honest with you, I'm not actually going to talk to you about the experience fully in depth because I'm still not okay with it, and it Whoa, haunted me. Really? For, it haunted me for a very long time, wow. a really long time in my childhood, and I, I regret it immensely. So. I remember around this. So this was at my other grandparents' house, by the way. So for some reason, I had a big thing with spooky grandparents' houses. (laughs) This house was a lot younger. Um, Anyway, so I remember at the time, me and my sister and my cousin were, like, really big about talking about, like, scary stories. I remember Mm. we'd often share scary stories and and creepy things. And I remember we'd been talking about Ouija boards, and this is what made us do it. And we were talking about one event, apparently, like, you know, there's just stories that you hear where apparently one woman did a Ouija board, and... Uh, she I don't know if it's Ouija or Ouija. I say Ouija, but. <laughs> like, th- what Wala- th- Ouija. I,
0: I know it's spelled Ouija, but like, I think it's the carry on that makes the girl like Ouija board. Yeah. It makes it sound like Ouija. So. Well, I'm going to call it a Ouija. Either is fine. Everybody knows what you mean. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, we'd heard this story about this one woman who did a Ouija board and she'd done it and everything. And then she'd asked if she could leave because you kind of say, like, can I go now? Mm. And apparently, the Ouija board said no. And then supposedly a week later, she died in a car crash. Now this story, God knows where it came from. Like it wasn't something that was, it was just, you just hear these stories about. It was like
0: an urban myth an urban.
1: It was an urban myth. Mm. And so apparently we just then decided it would be a great idea to do one ourselves. Don't know why. My sister should have stopped her. She was older. She should have been like (laughs) the person that was like, no guys, you're being idiots. Because my cousin was about the same age as me. So but we didn't think we'd actually get anything because my nan's house, this house was a new build. It was built in about the late 60s. They're the only ones that ever lived there. Mm. So we didn't really think that much was going to happen. So what we did, we we made a, a makeshift Ouija board. We we cut out letters out of paper and just got a glass and we had it on the floor on the carpet. So it was not a slippery surface, bear that in mind. And, you know, we all put our little fingers on the glass and we did it and we got something. Now, I'm not mentioning the name because that's what speaks to me the most. I've never said this name really out loud since I did it. Uh, it was a child. And I remember we asked it like how they died and everything. And, and it was a bit weird and we were a bit mythed by it. And I think we asked a question like, you know, did you die in this house? Because we were like, we can trick it. Because if it says yes, we
0: will be like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're not real. This is a new build. Ha ha, you lying dead ghost. (laughs) (laughs) We got you, demon.
1: But no, it said like, no. And we were like, all right. And then we were all shitting ourselves at this point. So we were like, let's just fucking go. What have we done? We've just got, we've we've just got in too deep here. So we were like, can we go? And it just said like, okay. So I remember when it was about to say, I thought it was going towards letter N because obviously N and O were really close. I remember as it was happening, I was like, oh my God, like we're all going to (laughs) die. So it immediately ended and then we all felt really fucking weird but i remember we all promised each other right did anybody move the glass and we'd all said no we didn't move the glass and i felt like we were in unison and i felt like we could trust each other so anyway we felt a bit weird so like let's go get some fresh air and walk to the park that was very close to my nan's house so we went quite a lot mm. and this park was was normally very quiet there's not many people in there and today wasn't that day was no exception so, you know, we went to the park and I remember as we approached our usual haunt, which was the seesaw, which is <laughs> surrounded by a sand pit, we uh we found a like an emptied wallet with just like cards just splattered everywhere Whoa. with like no one around, like ID, credit cards. I remember we looked at the ID to like see who it was and it was like a, a maybe like a seventeen year old guy or something. Hmm. And we were like, this is weird. We have a more weird feeling now um from what we did before so let's just put it back and just run back to the house and just like try and continue with our lives i can't say that what happened then was anything to do with what we just did but it just can contribute to this weird feeling that we had yeah we were like where is this person they've just left their wallet did something happen here
0: mm.
1: so anyway you know it, we just continued on with our lives but the weeks and the years that followed i always felt incredibly unsettled in that house and i don't know if why I don't know whether it was just an unsettling house or it was because of the Ouija board I mean actually yeah it was a hundred percent because of the Ouija board because as I said I was a scared little child and mm. that just made it a hell of a lot worse so you know I'd say with my sister and my cousin. And like the guest room and generally everything was fine. I was always laying in bed, like with the cover over my head being super spooked. Aww. But I remember one time I had to stay there alone. So I was in the guest room. I mean, my nan was in the house in a different bedroom and my granddad. But um, but
0: without your sister and cousin who like, yeah. knew about the situation. So I was in the room and I was
1: just trying to sleep. I think I'd obviously f- gotten off to sleep. And um, OK, so to give some context, there was this sort of like board gamey type thing from like the 60s, maybe late 80s. I think it was sort of rebranded in the early '90s too. Uh, that was called Perfection. Okay. And it had a timer, and it had a load of letters and shapes. And you have to you set the timer, and it clicks down like a clicky timery noise. Mm-hmm. Very a cu- timer very thing. loud. It was right. a very loud timery thing. And in that time, you have to put all the shapes and the letters mm. in the thing. So I was asleep for about 3 a.m. and suddenly it was in the cupboard. Bear in mind, in the wardrobe. Suddenly the timer goes off. This incredibly loud slow timer just sets off the night for absolutely no reason at all and my body i remember just went into like a state of like shock absolute like fear so i just had to lay there and wait until that timer went off in my head thinking all of these weird fucking things and you know the time went off and when it does when it does go off it throws up all the letters and the shapes right because it oh jumps God. up that's kind of like you've obviously lost yeah jumped up and and i just lay there in absolute fear and just couldn't see the rest of the night and I was like maybe like the last time I'd stayed there until recently. Recently oh. everything was fine nothing happened but I was very nervous about it. And and so yeah I I think just like that combined with the whole experience just just really freaked me out and I will go into a little bit of like my recent history with it because I've been thinking a lot about it lately. Uh so I I remembered a few years after the events must've been about 17 I brought up my cousin again. I said, hey, look, can we we talk about the Ouija board incident? You know, it's been a long time. I'd like to discuss it. Mm. And she, you know, we spoke about it and we talked again about how we didn't move it and how we didn't think my sister moved it and everything. And uh, she told me also another story about how my aunt, who also grew up in that house, had apparently told her that she'd also done a Ouija board and she was a bit angry at her for doing it. And about how... She did it in the same room with her friends and then she got quite upset later on and went down to see my nan who basically shunned her and was like, you're stupid for doing that. What wow. is wrong with you? Anyway, none of it's real. And my cousin, my, sorry, my auntie got really upset and she ran upstairs and she went to the same room that I was in and she was crying and everything. Apparently the light bulb exploded. Fuck knows if it did.
0: Oh God. So that
1: story also haunted me. And so recently, 10, ten to about 13 years later, i brought it up with my cousin again and i said hey like i'm just trying to get my story straight because i'm not gonna lie to you i was thinking about sending it to emma and dan from what Stories wow. podcast, oh but God, now I'm i've sure. done it on here i'm not gonna because oh. and this is another reason why i'm not gonna do it because i said to my cousin i was like hey do you remember that time we spoke about it like when we were about 17 again mm. and she seemed to have like no real memory of it and says that she doesn't remember telling me about the story with my aunt and she doesn't remember any of that and she said that she probably moved it or my sister probably moved it, or one of us moved it and just thinks that it, it didn't happen and that maybe she must have moved it and so i was like what the fuck are you on about like we've had this conversation so anyway i don't know what she was talking about this was a messenger she's sorry.
0: like repressed it from her conscious so, mind or something all in
1: all wow. this terrible memory may have all been because my cousin was being a little jerk and made it all up it may not have been it doesn't explain the fucking pop-up perfection game going on in the middle of the night mm, that's still weird so now i'm very much like is she repressing it is she just not wanting to talk about it mm-hmm. what's going on i have no idea either way it still haunts me and i don't ever do a Ouija board that's my advice to all of you don't bloody do it
0: yeah i think that's pretty good advice even if you're a skeptic because i used to work with this um this woman uh i probably shouldn't say her name but um she was very much a believer in this sort of thing. She very much was a believer in like astrology and spirits and um, hauntings and ghosts and the paranormal. Uh, she talked about how she did a Ouija board with uh, her friends uh, when she was younger and like working in a bar and stuff. Um, and she knew like a suit after she did it, she knew that she, like anytime she locked up, she just felt overcome by mm-hmm. this like fear that something was like, hunting her down like whenever she had to like turn off the lights from one end of the bar and then she would run Ooh, for her life to the exit so she could lock up um obviously back there like she was quite a bit older so back then you wouldn't have a torch on your phone or something this would have been like the 80s or 90s maybe i would have shit myself yeah, and uh, she, like obviously being a big believer in this stuff. Like she always told me, if you live in a haunted house, you know you live in a haunted house and you probably won't believe it until these things happen to you. But with the whole Ouija board thing she said, she ended up going to like um, a spirit guide or a, like a shaman or something. I can't remember what the person's job title was. <laughs> but he basically, uh, he he she walked into the room And he said, when did you do it? Mm. When did you do the Ouija board? And she said, "Um, a couple of years ago. And he said, well, there's still a tear in your aura. And that's that's what's letting these things in um I need to to heal that tear because this is what you're being affected by and things are coming in I know I literally just got chills like thinking that this stuff's <laughs> real it really freaks me out because you can't see it and it's completely unexplained and like even if you don't believe it it's still spooky mm-hmm. and like really scary yeah <laughs> but, but so she got it healed and it was all all right but like even when she'd tell me these things I was like <gasps> It was like having a campfire ghost story at work every day. (laughs) Folding jeans, hearing about ghosts.
1: But it's so true though, like whether it's just psychological, like it still stays with you. And I felt like that in my nan's house, like onwards, ever since we did it. I didn't feel right. I couldn't sleep. And I bear in mind I was like a seven, eight year old kid. Like Mm. I shouldn't be feeling like that. But I felt something was just really off about it. Mm. Even though I didn't I didn't I wouldn't say that we got a if it was a spirit, if it was true, I wouldn't say we got anything that was evil unless it was a it wasn't it wasn't a little girl so Mm. i know that it potentially because i know that apparently demons Mm. love to portray themselves as little girls it wasn't a little girl um Mm. but it still didn't feel right and doing it at such a young age i think really fucked me up and probably made me more susceptible to paranormal stuff because i'd almost kind of let it flood in and
0: take over a little bit Mm. um yeah that's so spooky so uh, what uh, what do we think that these kind of paranormal experiences might be or indicate? Do you believe that they are ghosts or spirits? Um, or do you think that there are other explanations? What's your take? So to go back into a little bit on... Oh God, where did we
1: talk about this? I can't remember where we spoke about this, but I think it might have been in fears and Phobias where I spoke about residual energy and mm. sort of tape playing of ghosts. So almost like time overlaps I feel it was that of time travel yeah it was something like that yeah I think it might have been time travel where I think periods of time overlap but then that doesn't explain Ouija boards and so Mm. Ouija boards is a bit of a singular anomaly for me I don't quite understand how we can communicate if I'm going on my other theory so that really crosses over but I just don't know to be honest with you I think I can explain a lot of it in our science section Mm. so we can get into it there but I just I just don't know
0: how about you my kind of a hot take is that I think that a lot of this stuff is intuition because when I was thinking about paranormal things which I do it's October it's spooky and you know there's lots of this is the time of year when you come across and encounter all these horror tropes right the one that really appeals to me and has appealed to me for a while and that I'm researching for like other projects is witchcraft and i actually researched this to the point where like the 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 things that we would call like spellwork and stuff today um th- some of them are used in medicine so like uh one p- particular tradition of witchcraft was like uh using willow bark um for inflammation and fevers um that is the source of the active ingredient of aspirin mm-hmm. yeah so like i'm allergic to it for some reason oh strange yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> that and that and um cheese and dairy you can't yes. have no aspirin or dairy <laughs> i'll remember that <laughs> um and other things that are like homeopathic or used in other practices that are seen as like spiritual like you know uh feng shui and stuff like that so it could be lavender incense to relax you before bed or like chamomile tea yeah. um and everyday ingredients that like historically were used or, or said said to be used as like spell work traditions but now are kind of incorporated in the the like holistic health and well-being or even actual full medical practices so it raised the question for me it kind of connected the dots for me where i was like if these practitioners of old used these natural substances and you know their their intuition whether it was being intuitive with the natural world intuitive to our nature as people or you know yeah intuitive as to the future and different things that they could use to focus certain intention or energy then then yet maybe it's intuition and maybe that's actually a big part of what we call the unexplained or the magical so when it comes to explaining these paranormal experiences um that that's what i keep coming back to uh because i think even even as a practice like it's not a question of like is paranormal stuff real or is is magic and stuff real but it's like science has explained so much and maybe there's still a ways to go yeah that's more where I where I keep wondering that's where we are yeah Yeah,
1: I completely agree I do think that there's a lot that we don't know and I think that's what makes paranormal stuff really spooky because it's it's the unknown Mm. there is probably plenty that we're not aware of even with things like aliens going back to that where we said Mm. about if they're not corporeal then do we even know they're there because we don't understand that and that's not within our sight and I guess that's Mm. one thing really interesting thing is when I did a lot of my like science um, degree and things I remember we learned about what other animals can see Mm. and there's a lot of different spectrums that different animals can see like insects they can see like things like infrared yeah Um, absolutely and I just think that if there is this kind of other layer whether it's like a time thing or not we just don't know mm. and I think that's what that's the root of the fear of it all I think mm.
0: and I, I i really go back and forth with this as well is the other thing that I just want to say here because on the one hand like my skeptic side is only believe what there's evidence for everything else is bullshit but then the other side is like evidence has been wrong before yeah and how can you not keep an open mind and go well maybe because you know yeah there there are things that we used to believe as as a human species that we now know more about and can mm-hmm. explain and yeah maybe we don't have the technology or practices to get there right now and you know we could be limiting our understanding
1: I think it's always best to keep an open mind mm. because what we'll go into in science section in a second as well kind of proves that we do need to keep an open mind because we don't know everything but also we can actually scientifically explain some paranormal events but not necessarily the base of the paranormal event which okay. we'll we'll get into but i think it's right to be skeptical but also be open to hearing about these things but also figuring out what it could have been whether it was something else whether it what could have caused it something like intuition you know maybe your your brain is sort of set to to assume that so especially like if you were in danger or something like a thousand years ago 2000 years ago like it's going to be beneficial for you to have a good intuition to make sure you don't get murdered or someone else doesn't
0: get killed by a tiger or something right and people talk about this as well right like how you could be i mean not in current times i realize this but the the typical example is where you're out and about in a busy a restaurant or bar and it's really crowded and you just know that someone's looking at you mm. how do you explain things like this yeah. like and this is the thing like um so uh particularly like for I don't know if particularly but certainly like as a a writer because we uh, learn about how different ways to describe things and you have the five senses so for example in writing terms and I promise I've got a point here (laughs) a really lazy description would be just explaining what what the character sees oh and then this happened and then they saw this over there and then this person did this thing but actually we can evoke a much stronger feeling if we incorporate all the other senses so you know sound smell taste um touch but actually we don't just have those five senses. We have so many more. We have our inner bodily senses like um, hunger, cold warmth thirst um and yeah whatever this sense of intuition is that just where we're so sure that yes yeah, someone's looking at me or something's about to happen or i just know that that like you ever get that where you're like i know that my friend's going through a hard time or whatever and i'm just going to reach out mm. to them like i've had this symbiosis with people in the past where like we've messaged each other the exact same time being like you okay yeah and they're not and sometimes i have it where well, I've had it a lot unfortunately where you get
1: a phone call mm. and there's nothing weird about this phone call you probably get called by this person quite a lot but you just know that what this person is calling you for before you've even answered it something is wrong yeah. I have that a lot yeah
0: and you just instantly know that really gets me yeah it's really um fascinating and I and I think that there's probably there's probably a lot of things that I mean, I've barely scratched the surface with researching this, but this makes me want to research it way more because, yeah, I find it so interesting. But um, should we go to science section if there's some explanations that you can potentially offer? Yeah. Great. So science will always naturally lead towards
1: the idea of scepticism for Ghosts and the Paranormal. It's like, I feel like it's science's job to to explain things and be able to at least understand them And so often people will look for natural explanations of things like paranormal experiences and typically it won't lead to proof of of paranormal. It might be something, you know, really silly or something like that. But so I got this information off of the website LiveScience.com because I'm just not smart enough to write a whole article on it. But (laughs) so a possible culprit for paranormal experiences is sound, particularly infrasound or sounds just below the typical human hearing threshold of 20 hertz. So in 1998, a researcher at Coventry University in England joined with a fellow professor to discuss and look into his own spooky experiences at a medical equipment manufacturing shop. Hmm. So on occasion, employees reported spooky sensations and the feeling of a presence in the room. So this guy dismissed all of this until one night he began to feel quite cold and gloomy. After checking that none of the medical gas bottles were leaking, because obviously there's going to be a lot of like weird chemicals and shit, he sat back at his desk only to see a grey figure emerge in the corner of his vision. When he summoned the the courage to look at the apparition directly, it faded away. A subsequent experience while cutting metal led him to wonder if sound energy was causing he and his colleagues inexplicable experiences after a particular fan in the building was switched off the ghost disappeared so obviously there's this weird like sound thing that could have been happening Mm. and it may have been causing that because that's something that we don't quite understand about how things like that can affect us yeah and so to think about some of the other low frequency sounds uh such as like weather events like earthquakes volcanic activity can cause this even lightning Mm. and also communication between elephants and like whales and hippos obviously are also infrasound i think bats too I might be wrong on that, hopefully yeah, not. No, but of
0: course. And
1: um, humans also create low frequency sounds via like diesel engines, wind turbines, and like mm. loudspeakers or chemical explosions. Right. So I'm not exactly sure what could have made him see an apparition like that, but it seems that there could have been a conflict between the sound. That's mm. what I was saying about it doesn't necessarily define what you've seen, but it could define why you've seen it. Whether or not that apparition was real and that was a person. And that was created by something or whether that was just all in his head is completely unknown and that's what i quite enjoy about looking into these other things so another reason to see a paranormal experience may also be psychological so the real ca- the real cause of human hauntings may also simply be the human brain in one study published in 1996 two participants were asked to keep a diary about poltergeist-like activity in their home for a month after this they decided they suddenly started seeing evidence of potential poltergeists all over the place and in a follow-up paper in the same journal, the study researchers hypothesized that haunting events happen because people perceive, misperceive slightly ambiguous events as paranormal and then become primed to look out for even more weird stuff. Which I think doing something like a Ouija board, then already being hypersensitive and aware, you could then be putting everything you see or hear down to that. Right. So a bump in the night, which could just be like a, a pipe or something, then mm. becomes a ghost and a survey released recently found that the more generally a fearful person the more likely he or she is to believe the paranormal that study was based on a theory that people have evolved to see patterns when none exist which is kind of a little bit on the line of what we were talking about because you're looking for patterns yeah you know and i i think we are designed as humans to look for patterns in that regard yeah
0: absolutely that's really interesting so essentially uh the idea of suggestion mm-hmm. uh, could be what drives us. So, you know, if we think that something like this may be possible, then yeah, we become more likely to look out for it. Yeah. um But then what about the theory that like children are more attuned to this and then it gets educated out of them? Because that's kind of like contradictory to that school of thought, right? Mm, yeah, it's tough.
1: But it also makes me think about what I was like as a kid, where the fact that I said I was hypersensitive and mm. super scared of everything whether or not i created some sort of thing around me of like more energy i don't know it's it's like i said it doesn't necessarily explain that it's not happening it just Mm. explains something that could cause it i don't know but we've also got another another thing that could cause it which is electromagnetism which is something that i've spoken about before very briefly because i don't understand it that much which is something that i think is very true for making these things happen so it's another natural explanation for ghosts So a few small experiments suggest electromagnetic fields might have this effect. In an experiment conducted in 2000, a scientist and his colleague used magnetic fields to stimulate the brain of a 45-year-old man who'd reported previously ghostly experiences happening to him. So they managed to, with magnetic fields, to conjure an apparition similar to the ones he'd apparently seen years before, Mm. obviously with a very big rush of fear, as you would have. The next year in the same journal, they reported on the strange case of a teenage girl who said she'd been impregnated by the Holy Spirit and felt the invisible presence of a baby on her left shoulder. That's a whole other story. But apparently this girl had also experienced a brain injury earlier in her life. And the trauma wasn't, but the trauma wasn't the sole reason for the religious visitation. Next to the girl's bed was actually an electric clock that generated magnetic pulses, similar to those used to trigger seizures in epileptic rats. Once the clock was removed, the feelings of presence vanished. They argued that some people are particularly prone to disruption of the temporal lobes, which happens to be where a brain synthesizes information. So, mm. as I said, it doesn't explain what you're seeing, but it could explain why you're seeing it. Yeah. Whether she did actually have this weird baby on her left shoulder who knows but that could be a thing of why she's wow. feeling that which is crazy to think and I'm, I'm not saying throw all your electronic stuff down down the potty or anything <laughs> but you know it's something that just generally happens in life and i think magnetic fields also occur naturally they do yeah i mean you have got north and south pole right? yeah yeah so you know it, it could be a reason for that another couple of other little things that, that could also cause it is is mold so Ooh. obviously we know mould is bad for your respiratory system. Yeah. But it's also bad for your brain apparently. Apparently exposure to mould is known to cause neurologic symptoms like delirium, dementia or fears. Irrational fears specifically. So is it a coincidence that the houses we suspect are haunted also tend to be in disrepair and are not often quite old? Right. Probably not. Scientists have worked to draw a firm link between the presence of mould and reported ghost sightings. But so far the research is like fairly anecdotal so we're not quite sure on that. Also... Another thing is, lastly, is carbon monoxide.
0: Ah, oh, I see.
1: So that just can yeah.
0: mess up our cogn- cognition yeah. or something. So
1: just like breathing in mold, it could lead us to see, hear, and feel things that aren't really there. So, you know, just like carbon monoxide and, and mold, it all sort of links together. It's bad for your spiritual system, but also bad for your brain. Mm. So obviously we have like detectors and stuff on our houses to to stop us, poisoning us and killing us, because it, it obviously can kill you, it's very dangerous. But supposedly before you are poisoned by it, it can cause auditory hallucinations, a feeling of pressure in your chest and an unexplained feeling of dread. An often told ghost story from the 1920s about a family moved into a new house only to have footsteps, see apparitions and feel malicious paranormal presences actually turned out to be the result of carbon monoxide poisoning from a broken furnace. Wow. So actually that's a really good point. If you moved into a really old house and you're feeling all those things, before you assume it's a ghost, get a carbon <laughs> monoxide detector, go to the doctor's, and check you're all right so yeah
0: i think it's a legal requirement in this country that all um all properties have to be fitted with one which is really great and i mean obviously that would hopefully eliminate carbon monoxide as a, a factor for these types of experiences but i guess you would have to add to that like every psychoactive or hallucinatory substance that people might recreationally or habitually indulge in obviously there's like certain variables that we kind of think yeah we know this does this this isn't a basis for paranormal experiences but like the infrasound is really interesting um and the electromagnetic stuff yeah. um that could be and again this kind of goes back to what we were saying about like there are things that we're sort of subject to that affect us that we just don't necessarily understand mm. on like an everyday basis
1: as well because the interesting thing I find about this is it's not shunning the idea of paranormal activity because that's one thing that I've really been really interested in since being a young child actually was yeah. was i remember i was at my cousin's once and they used to sell these little toys from mcdonald's and i don't know if you remember them they were based on almost like furby type things these little mm. robots that you could buy but they were small versions and they would move these little robots with a magnet so you would like hold it in front of it and it would pull the magnetic energy would pull it uh, obviously like wouldn't touch it but it would just pull it because mm. that's what it needed to move we were watching tv mm. once and i remember it was on her shelf and it just started walking without anything in front of it wow. and it took me years to kind of understand and think about and I was like well it's moving through a magnet so actually I've thought maybe there was some sort of strange burst of magnetic energy that it was sort of above mm. the tv maybe that explains it but sometimes I find that it doesn't necessarily dismiss someone's experience so if someone's seen something but it does happen to be high magnetic energy does that mean that there isn't a ghost there I'm not sure there was also like a, a tv show well, I say do- I don't want to call it a documentary mm. by uh like the ghost adventures People in like Zach Bagans. Mm. I never say his name right. Is it Zach Bagans or Zach Baggins? I well, say ba- Zach Baggins. Is, is the
0: is hobbits. <laughs> I know, but I
1: like just to call him Zach Baggins. Okay, so Baggins and his team went oh, to this. Baggins!
0: <laughs> they oh, went Baggins
1: <laughs> over there. They went to a place called the Devil House, which apparently is quite famous. And okay. I don't remember this documentary having much to stand on, but I remember a, a, like a scientist guy went in there. I don't know if I can call him a scientist. I I don't know. And it, he tested. It was a really haunted house, and he tested the energy and it seemed that there was really high electromagnetism Mm -hmm. especially in this one area that they had everything going on and maybe that's why everyone was experiencing these hallucinations and scary things and why they have this bad feeling and maybe there was nothing there at all or is there is a ghost causing that you know i my science section isn't actually summarizing or or disproving or approving it's just i
0: guess that's because science essentially isn't conclusive about these things No. You know that there, there are still things that we haven't explained, which is very much what we seem to have been repeating <laughs> for most of this episode. But that is something that I find really interesting because it, there is still the possibility that it could be paranormal things, right? Yeah. So
1: if you were hoping for us in this episode to basically like disprove or prove the existence of ghosts, we're not. We're That's not. Gonna.
0: unfortunately
1: ever so slightly outside of our remit. <laughs> but at least we maybe kind of understand and think that maybe especially with things like carbon monoxide and mold i personally do think Mm. that that could cause a hallucinatory experience yeah and that would probably disprove the presence of ghosts but the other things like you said about the infrasound and about the electromagnetism doesn't necessarily disprove it it just kind of gives maybe a bit of context as to (laughs)
0: well it gives us some ideas about what it could be and i guess that that will help people like ghost hunters or paranormal investigators because if they eliminate those things like you know there aren't electromagnetic fields here there isn't infrasound there isn't carbon monoxide um or mold then that maybe that gives them more like Mm. credibility i don't know but like it's an interesting area to look into can i also just say um you're basically the irl version of wino a rider from stranger things because you made the letters so, so that they're to communicate oh yeah like, and the whole magnets thing oh, where they were yeah. dropped off the fridge Shit, they they ripped my life from it, didn't <laughs> they they, <really>? did.
1: Will. <laughs> <laughs> i don't have a child though so no and it's not called um, will and we're not i haven't been to the upside down world or communicate well maybe
0: Who i know knows? she's a cool character she's badass I don't, you know I, maybe that's a compliment to i'm you, not so. i'm not mad about that yeah <laughs> yeah awesome um should we finish up with a little bit of creative corner yeah let's do it so (laughs) I was thinking what could I do for creative corner when it comes to paranormal experiences because I really talked quite a lot about like fears and horror tropes last time um and (laughs) Oh, God. What's going to happen? I'm going to reveal something that I... Oh God. This isn't anything about me, um, but this is perhaps just a slightly, um I don't know, I'm weird scared. area. Don't be scared. It's really... I, I find this quite funny, to be honest. Do you know what a big area of paranormal fiction is? Is it, like, sexy? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. So, in erotica, there is basically this massive trend of paranormal romance and I have encountered it in so far as like I follow loads of writers on Twitter and um, just see retweets and stuff of this because people are trying to sell their work, right? And it's all like free on Kindle Unlimited. Do you know what the biggest trope is? Shapeshifting, okay? So a woman who's like, oh, I'm an innocent lady just walking around this town and then all of a sudden boom werewolf he's the alpha and they're doing it (laughs) okay so I have been trying to basically I've not indulged um in in this uh reading or writing it um just so to make that clear um but yeah I I it it sparked my curiosity because I kind of thought well I get the idea of erotica being enjoyable for people who like to explore their sexuality in that way for the same reason people who like porn watch porn because they're getting off on it they're enjoying it they're having a a little bit of happy quality time to themselves that's fine i'm not judging what what made me feel really curious though is why do people like the paranormal aspect of this if there's a sex scene that is really appealing to the audience why does it need to be with somebody who can turn into a, a like animal or something mm. why is that a thing because it feels like the furries slight oh, yeah. kind of bestiality thing and i was like is that what this is or is that just me being snap- having a snap judgment so <laughs> i looked into this a little bit just to try and understand this area of like creative corner which i realize it's a bit weird this week guys bear with me <laughs> so there's I, I found a site which basically uh had loads of different contributions from uh, paranormal erotica authors saying why 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 do people enjoy this why do you think it is that people read this so one of them said it's a forbidden love thing which okay as a trope like for romance sure I guess that's what Romeo and Juliet had but they were both humans (laughs) again that didn't really explain to me why this was so appealing and then another person was saying it's it it like creates more fantasy and more possibility so that you have wild crazy magic creatures out of legend rich mythologies mixing with sex and romance and a happy ending and again I kind of thought well I've read loads of fantasies that have romance between two human characters and again like that doesn't seem to answer my question so uh, finally like further down the page somebody actually had quite a good answer to this and this is where I think it relates into us talking about gender stereotypes and stuff as well so this person really sorry i can't remember their name um, because i didn't have time i was really busy but they have basically surmised as a writer of paranormal romance that this taps into about power equality between the sexes and the resurgence of the sexy alpha male and i was like well okay how does that mean that there's power equality because an alpha traditionally is the the like dominant one so she basically says that they're attractive because you have this like very primal love interest um and then for most of these settings they're contemporary so it's actually a modern day like empowered you know 21st century woman who is a feminist and you know um completely owns her owns her own sexuality and all the rest of it so having it in a um, contemporary setting with these like traditional tropes. They said that leveled out the power dynamic, but ultimately, the the summary of this area was that you're not constrained by the mundane, and that it can allow people who enjoy this to like just explore their sexuality and do so in a way that empowers them, which I guess is a really good thing. So I kind of thought yeah. this area was funny, but actually, when I looked into it a little bit more, it actually was quite interesting in gender terms too. So I yeah,
1: like if if you wanna. I mean, I don't know if you heard about the woman who married a ghost.
0: Oh, Jack Teagues. The
1: pirate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was also another woman that married a ghost too. I, I think, know there was have... one.
0: Holly and Phil were talking to it. Their morning yeah. show TV presenters for our stateside listeners, um, Holly, Holly and Phil, on this morning, um, and they interviewed this woman who's like, "Yeah, I've had sex with a ghost." <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, It's <laughs> so funny. Um, and then there was yeah the woman
1: who married effectively like a, a pirate ghost. Pirate ghost. They've yeah. Now, was they've it now,
0: Teagues? Jack Teagues. I I think
1: so. No amanda oh his name was jack Deeks. yeah oh, the okay. pirate ghost yeah her name was amanda but apparently they they apparently just got a divorce so anyway <laughs> what what i'm trying to say well, is well how if they if they can't make it work nobody can <laughs> What well, do the rest i guess what there? i was gonna segue onto that was you know do you know what makes you happy i guess yeah. not hurt if you want to marry a ghost i mean if you're not harming anyone then you can do that if you want but yes i think i get what you're saying is people have if they want to divulge into these kind of strange paranormal romances, then then they can. <laughs> We're not stopping you. Be free. Do do what you need to do. I mean.
0: Yeah. And ultimately, it is just a fantasy that is written on a piece of paper and is not like harming anybody. Um, <clears throat> It's not like, you know, any of this stuff is depicting like real world situations. No. It is just pure indulgence for people to experience explore and enjoy so yeah. that it does seem harmless so I'm, I'm all for that if it empowers people go for it <laughs> cool that was interesting yeah random not um, expected but yeah it's a weird little, little pocket of the paranormal that I was like this would be cool <laughs> for
1: some reason I was just thinking of the movie ghost with Patrick Swayze
0: there you go that's probably the genesis of all of these kinds of things probably And had sex with a girl so
1: <laughs> people love ghosts <laughs> too much sometimes they have done
0: pottery together
1: <laughs> that's incredibly accurate for the actual interview
0: <laughs> i don't know if they did make a pot or anything but
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um. If I may, I just wanted to give some recommendations of like some TV and like movie recommendations. Go or, for it. Yeah. Actually, no. Not movie. Sorry. Most. This is more your TV. area than
0: mine. You know, I'm a horrorist. Yeah. So if
1: you want to do Rex, you're more than welcome. I'm gonna mention it in creative corner because obviously I feel like this is where it belongs. But so. When we were talking a little bit about people being being predispositioned to think a certain way, going into spooky houses or spooky areas and things like that, I feel like this would tie in really nicely. So I don't know if you've ever watched it, but there's a program on, I think it's on YouTube and so it's free on Prime and everything, which is um, BuzzFeed Unsolved Supernatural. It features two guys called Ryan and Shane. Ryan <laughs> so, and Shane,
0: good guys. Two guys. to remember
1: that. Um... <laughs> and basically i think it's it's shane who is like a very big skeptic like he he doesn't really believe in it it's where the hilarious meme comes from of of shane going into this really haunted house and just being like hey demons it's your boy oh amazing seen, yeah. i know that i know the <laughs> gif of that i yeah. just didn't know what it was for he goes into like the most haunted <laughs> places <laughs> in america amazing. and just speaks to the demons and ryan who is a big like he's a big believer of it is always just like Don't fucking speak to them. Stop it. I feel like if you were like a little bit more, because you are a bit more respected than me, if you were a little bit less freaked out by some things, I feel like you'd be a Shane and I'd be the one that's like, please don't contact them. Don't speak to them. It makes them mad.
0: And you're just like, hey. um, We can can totally get there in terms of our dynamic, (laughs) I think. If I just just toughen it up a tad. Anyway, it's a really good show because they go to
1: these places and they actually look at it and, and experience these really haunted places like the Sally House, for example. And see if anything actually happens because as I said a lot of it is actually it's it's in your mind if you Mm -hmm. think that you're in a scary place you're probably going to start seeing things or feeling things and so it actually gives this really awesome take on it and allows you to kind of like be with them and actually because if nothing happens they don't lie it's not like ghost adventures Mm -hmm. where they almost like make things happen Mm -hmm. if nothing happens it doesn't happen and one of my favourite moments in it, actually, is when they're in a spooky house. I can't, it might have been like the Winchester house or something. And they have one of those ghost recording things, spirit box. I don't know if you've ever seen one of those before it.
0: No, I, 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 I don't really know what that it is. It uses
1: like radio waves. It skips through like almost like a recording mm-hmm. to pick up random things. And normally you don't ever hear words in it because it goes so fast. But unless mm-hmm. uh, If a word is said normally it's because a ghost has said it because you never really hear a full word. Anyway, one time they were using it, and this is what the ghost adventures guys use, and they take it very seriously. Right, got you. So Ryan and Shane had it on, and suddenly the, the box just goes spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? Like maybe this isn't maybe this isn't a genuine, like yeah. sp- ghost item. Because normally it's used to being used so seriously. So anyway, my, my point is BuzzFeed, unsolved, supernatural, fantastic, watch it. Also, my only other recommendation, because I can't be asked to go into movies, is um <laughs> The Haunting of Bly. I actually really enjoyed it. A lot of people say it's oh, shit, okay. but I love it. So if you want some sort of mildly spooky, not as not as spooky as the first one, The Haunting of Hill House, mm-hmm. I would recommend. It's got a lot to do with ghosts in it
0: it should also go without saying that um our biggest recommendation in general is just real life ghost stories podcasts, yes. particularly for this topic um funnily enough what you said about the spaghetti thing though that's definitely what you would do if you were a ghost you'd be like look at these mofos coming <laughs> in my house trying to find me huh, i know what i'm gonna do spaghetti <laughs> Mom's spaghetti. mom spaghetti. <laughs> palms are sweaty. <laughs> this will really confuse them. <laughs> yeah. And they'll start questioning their entire career. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's fantastic. I bet that was a little prank, pranksty ghost, you know. Yeah, But it also
1: kind of, proves the thing of like maybe these things aren't always legitimate and you can't always trust ghost hunting tv
0: shows at all well I i'm sorry trusted, zach baggins and I, I never trusted the one that was like most most haunted because oh. i watched that like i was like i'll give this a good go and it was the stupidest thing it was just the camera on like what i don't know what mode it is because i'm not a film person but like where it's all blue and mm-hmm. green and stuff like at night time um, and they're just like, hello, is anyone there? And they're standing in the middle of a giant room and then like a curtain moves. And it's the most, you're like, there's obviously just a member of crew behind that. curtain." It's so not My scary My favorite was at all. spoon. Someone threw a spoon. <laughs> I don't remember
1: that. Yeah.
0: I'm now going to fall down a YouTube <laughs> rabbit hole of like ridiculous, most Someone haunted moments. Someone clearly
1: threw a spoon out, yeah. the, out of the crew. I don't want to speak ill of the dead or anything because I think he's passed away now, but Derek Cora um he was actually before he passed away i know this this happened a long time ago he was actually found to be a fraud because they purposely placed information to him before going to an area right that was fake and not real and then because he'd been able to get that information when he got there when he started channeling or doing whatever he supposedly didn't know any of this. He started Mm. using it. And so they found out that he was a fraud due to that. So yeah. And that's a big big
0: part of it, isn't it? The showmanship side. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just really interesting thinking about like, yeah, our personal experiences with it. And yeah, I think there are other possibilities. That's pretty much my key takeaway Mm. from this week is that like, more things are possible than what we know and our unconscious mind picks up way more than what we are aware of mm-hmm. and generally like I really trust my intuition yeah. as well Is the other thing and I know that I'm right too because for whatever whatever reason I'm feeling some type of hunch or instinct I don't know why I'm feeling it because all that's happened unconsciously but I know there's a good reason for yeah. it so that's kind of yeah I, th- I think that's why I'm taking yes. what's your summary <laughs> um,
1: ghosts are probably real Woo. um no yeah so, so i guess i'm just gonna reiterate again what i said before is i feel like my experiences generally have been happened when i've been a lot younger i can't say that lots happened to me since i've been older and mm. they've stuck with me throughout my life, but I can't really fully say that they happened. And Not that I can't trust myself, but I think that they're fun and it's interesting to talk about and I love talking about ghost stories. I love like, the idea of just sitting like, around a campfire mm-hmm. telling ghost stories. But the science of it all, I would say, doesn't disprove the existence of ghosts and the paranormal. It, it finds a way to explain it and give possible causes to why you might see something or hallucinate. Mm. But there's still so much that we don't know. Yeah, and, and so much is inconclusive. Yeah, and so but
0: also don't do a ouija board
1: yeah (laughs) that's very good advice. stay away from haunted bears that
0: levitate yeah no levitating bears
1: (laughs) um and if you are having hallucinations in your house you think there's ghosts make sure your carbon monoxide alarm thingy is working
0: yeah and if you've got an electromagnetic clock by your bed check that out too um and anything else that's like can't be falsified yeah must be real yeah (laughs) we'd also love to hear your ghost stories yes absolutely please feel free to get in touch with us uh we would love to hear from you you can send an email to notforgirlspodcast at gmail.com and you can find us on twitter and instagram at notforgirlspod And you can rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Please give us all the stars. We would love you forever if you could just give us uh, some stars. That would
1: be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. This has been a really interesting, spooky episode. And now I
0: hope I don't get haunted. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, Good luck for actual Halloween. It's a full moon, by the way. Is it? Yeah.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Monsters are coming out to play. (laughs) i'm here
1: for your demons it's your boy
0: (laughs) thank you so much for joining us this week everybody and we will catch you next time bye